Good evening, everybody. It's good to see you this evening on uh, this evening's broadcast uh, here on Sunday night, <clears throat> continuing our uh, 40 days of prayer for revitalization. And it's good to see you folks coming on. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to be clearing my throat a lot tonight. Uh, my throat's still a little messed up. Appreciate the prayers. Hi, Mary. Hi, Betty. Hi, Diane. Good evening. Folks coming on. Hi, Patty, my sister. I was just talking to our brother Jeff a little while ago. Hi, Jamie. Good evening to you. Uh, folks coming on. Kitty. Hi, Kitty. Uh, and uh, it's good to see all of you all tonight coming on, and others will be coming on as well. Janet Jensen. Hi, Janet. J&J &J out there, and Jenny and Joe are J&J. &J. Um, and so uh, I hope you've had a good Sunday. And we're looking forward to tonight and uh, been doing some preparations for this evening. And, uh, and we just, uh, Bill has been moved into a rehab. Diane's asked me how my brother Bill is. But he's been moved into a rehab facility. And he's doing better, but he's got a long ways to go. And so we're hoping... And praying for that. But hi, Carolyn. Um, and uh, others are still coming on, getting a good number here this evening. And uh, we uh, had a good number in church this morning. I was glad to see that. I had, uh, had some folks there that have been gone and they've gotten back. Hi, David. Uh, good to see Dave Perry and... Uh, and so uh, we're glad that you're all on with us. <clears throat> and I, I'll ask for forgiveness here. Patty, hi, Patty uh, Sykes, um, for clearing my throat. Since they did the upper endoscopy on me, I've had throat problems. And I hope that <clears throat> that'll go away um, and uh, we'll get into it. A lot here, but it's caused me to have some heartburn and stuff. Hi, Janet Fleming, and uh, wow, we're getting a great number on tonight, and and I've got several things I want to talk to you about. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna get you to write down something if you would. I'm gonna give you some homework. Um, if you'll get a pencil and piece of paper to where you can remember uh, and write down some things, I'm gonna give you some things to pray for. Um, and so, uh, 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 just appreciate Hi, Dot. Uh, hi, Terry Taylor. Howdy, howdy. Uh, that Terry Taylor, she's got a cat that loves me, uh, watches me every Sunday morning preach. And uh, that cat, I told Terry today, that cat had to be a Baptist. And in fact, maybe kind of a little Baptocostal, I don't know. Uh, hi, Wanda. Uh, Robert said he can't read his own writing. Well, let Carolyn write it down for you. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm going to give you some things. I'm also doing my podcast uh, at the same time we're doing this uh, on Anchor. And, and so you can go 
and check that out sometime. We do some other things on there as well. It's called Up the Creek. And I was raised on Fudge Creek. And, uh, and Betty was there, Diane. Uh, a lot of them on here from up in West Virginia way know where Fudge Creek is. And, uh, uh, and so I, I called it Up the Creek, and we tell stories about uh, Up the Creek and Up Fudge Creek. So I want to get into our talk tonight. Uh, and good, Diane's got a paper and pencil, and we're ready. And after a little bit, I'll, I'll give you some things I want you to pray for, um, and how I want you to how I want you to pray. I say that like, yeah, me, but. Um, uh, but I want to talk about, we're going to call this one tonight, Inside Out. And uh, <clears throat> it's, uh, uh, you'll get it here in just a minute. But in my ministry over the years, um, and in reading stories and relating to this, and I was digging around this afternoon getting a lot of scripture, and so I've got scripture wrote down here and there and everywhere, and not sure whether I'll get to all of it or not, but but we've always had um, uh, in in every church we've ever been in, there's always been opposition to uh, things, uh, and because we're different, you know, we've all got a an idea of of how things should be done. But the problem is in most churches is that most churches today won't let the pastor lead. And I hate to be the one saying this because I'm the pastor of Clintwood Baptist Church. But, but, uh, and that God deals through the pastor. And uh, does that say, uh, you know, the, the deacons or the church members aren't spiritual? No, it's not saying that. But God puts a pastor in position to lead a congregation. And God will put things on and I'm going to use myself as an example tonight, but God will put things on my heart that it's my job to try and share that burden with the past, with the church as the pastor uh, to get them on board and to follow that. So depending on how good of a job I do uh, depends on how God will get his way in the church. And, and, I'm not always the one that's the leader as a pastor. Uh, one of the things as a pastor, you, you, you kind of figure out who has the ear of the congregation uh, in a particular church. <clears throat> Give you an example. I, uh, I, I, we've set in board meetings or uh, deacons meetings or, or church council meetings over the years. And we try and share our burden with what God's placing upon our heart for ministry and how we would want to lead the church. And, and usually in those meetings, we would get a lot of opposition uh, sometimes and not all the times. But one time, the church I was pastoring, we didn't have a junior church program. We had a lot of kids and there was no junior church program. And... Um, and, you know, those are very popular. And then that particular day, hi, Peggy, good to see you. Uh, those were very popular. And so 
I felt led to start a junior church program there in the, in the church. And so uh, we were in a, a church council meeting uh, one night, and, and I shared that burden with the people. And one of the older men in the church, uh, who happened to be a deacon, by the way, but that doesn't make any difference, but he was an older gentleman, an older man in the church, and been in the church for a long time. He immediately spoke spoke up and said, no, we don't need it. Uh, we don't need it at all. Uh, my kids sat in church with me whenever uh, they were growing up. Kids can sit in church with their parents. But it was a, it was a thing to where uh, every church had a junior church program at that particular time. And so, uh, and others spoke up and said, well, I agree with him. Or, you know, we don't need it. And so I said, okay, that's all right. And so uh, a couple of the guys that were in the church or in the com on the committee um, had children. And they never said anything. But then a few days later, uh, one, of the, one of the fellows came to me, and he happened to be a deacon as well, uh, that... Uh, uh, that we, he, he came to me and he said, hey, I was telling uh, my wife and kids what you were talking about, about starting a junior church program. And my kids perked up and said, yeah, yeah, our friends go to a church down the road here and they have junior church and they, they have their own preaching. They have their own craft time. They do all kinds of stuff. They sing their own songs. And said, I, I think it'd be great if we had a junior church program. So he said, Preacher, I, I've been thinking about it, and I think we ought to have a junior church program. And I said, well, the next board meeting we have, you bring it up. And so the next meeting we had, we had them once a month, and we, uh, he was sitting there, and he said, I've been thinking about what the preacher said about starting a junior church program, and my kids would want, want, to, want us to do that. And, and so another guy spoke up and he said, well, my kids want us to do that as well. And said, I think it'd be a, a good idea if we started a junior church program. And so they voted there on the board uh, and it passed 100%. Where the month before, everybody was against it. And everybody shot it down. And so there, it took people time to get on board with it and to get it into their heart. And there's opposition always within a church. There always will be opposition within the church. There'll be disagreements. Uh, there'll be a lack of trust. Uh, uh, there'll be a misunderstanding within the church. And there'll be a lot of problems that go on within the church. And, and so there's these things and and a lot of other misguided and, and sometimes painful situations or accusations even may, might very well be a part of a church's efforts toward revitalization or an individual's efforts toward revitalization. In fact, if your family might not like it because... Uh, you're sinking deeper into your relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, 
I know one person, one individual that won't like it, and that's the devil. And he'll make sure that other people don't like it as well. And so there'll be a lot of opposition or a lot of problems to your efforts toward having this revitalization take place in your life. And so that we need to understand something, that despite all of their opposition, that we need to stay the course, and despite all of the negative things, we need to stay the course because part of that process of revitalization is the cleansing of hearts and the cleansing of motives and the changing of motives among the people that would resist that process that we might be going through. Uh, and, and so we're always going to have disagreements, but we've got to understand each other uh, and to be able to share that burden. And then sometimes, literally, there's people that are in the church to be in the way. Uh, and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in a bad way. I tell a story sometimes that that uh, an old man get up and testify, and he'd say, I've been in the way some 40-some-odd years. And, and after the service, somebody... Uh, said something to the preacher and said, yeah, he has been in the way some 40-some-odd years. He's against everything and anything that goes on. I had a person in a church that I pastored that it didn't matter what we were voting on or what we were talking about, but when we would go to take a vote, if the church was for it, he was against it. If the church was against it, he was for it. And I asked him one time, I said, why are you so against things that the church are for and then you're for something that the church is against? He said, I never did think a vote ought to be 100%. And, uh, and so he would do that just to spite people and just to uh, uh, give a rough time. But the, the talk tonight, Inside Out, is about the heart of starting with the heart. I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture, if I could, very quickly. <clears throat> First of all, I want to go to Psalm 51, verse 10 and through 17. And if you've got your Bibles and you want to turn there very quickly, that, uh, and Mary, you're right, he was a miserable person. Um, and in fact, uh, I would inspect his fruit uh, at a later time, and I was afraid that his fruit wasn't uh, what it should be coming off of the right tree. But anyway, in verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold within me thy free spirit. Then... Will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from the blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. 
for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou desirest, thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Now I want to go over, if you would, to Micah chapter 6 and verse 6. Let me read from there. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the first of the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O God, or O man, excuse me, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. And then in Psalm chapter 139, and verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. The heart. That's the thing that I want to talk about tonight. Sometimes there are church leaders or there are people in your life who have lost their faith perspective and have forgotten whose church it is, that we might have disagreements. And I think as Janice earlier said, we have, yeah, there it is. We have issues because we're human. We need to extend grace to each other while praying for God's leading. And we do. We need to understand that. But it, And you all know as well as I know that there are people within the church that will just close it down uh, the the conversation and disagree with it or whatever else. And there's where we need to be praying for and giving these people time to be able to, what I call, get their heart right. To get their heart right with God and to get their heart right with other people. That we've got to remember that whose church this is it's not my church. It's not your church. And if it is a church, then it belongs to Jesus. It's his church. It's his place. That and, and he has the right to change whatever he wants to change in a restoration process. He has the right to do whatever he wants to do within the church. Matthew sixteen eighteen, when he was asking his disciples, whom do men say that I am? And some said this one, and some said that one. And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus goes on to say, and you're no longer Simon, but now you're going to be called Peter. And I'm going to say this in Fudge Creek terms, not in King James. But he said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church belongs to Jesus. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's not the deacon's church. 
It's not the family owned and operated, even though I know a, a bunch of church that are family owned and operated, what I call uh, that the family's in control. And, and if and if you don't do it the way the family wants it done, uh, the way, uh, well, I've been told before, my grandfather uh, built this church. My grandfather donated the land to it. My grandfather did this or that in it. It belonged to my family. And if there ever ceases to be a church here, it's going to come back to my family. And I really think they wanted it to be dissolved so that the family could get the property back. But it's God's church. And if it ever stops being the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, then it has stopped being a church altogether. Inside out. It must come from the inside. There has to be a change. Jesus challenged the Pharisees on more than one occasion to be careful about putting on a religious front when in fact their hearts were yet unclean in motive and attitude. Now think about it just for a moment. The Pharisees worshiped God. Remember the Pharisee in the Bible that stood up and said, I'm glad that I'm not like the sinner back here, that I fast uh, so many times, I tithe, I come to the temple, uh, I give, I pray, I do this, I do that, and it was all for nothing. He was speaking the words in a religious form and he was being religious, but his heart wasn't right. And Jesus confronted him on that part. Jesus confronted him about that. In Luke chapter 11, verse 39, that he would say to these Pharisees, you're clean on the outside. You have you've cleaned up the cup. In fact, he uses a cup and a saucer, a cup and a platter as an example. You've washed the outside of the cup and you've washed the saucer that it sits in but the inside of you, he says, you're filled with wickedness and you're filled with robbery and you're filled with uh, all kinds of filthy things, but you've cleaned up the outside. You look the part. You come into church, you look in the part. You've got uh, all of your church clothes on. You're carrying your church Bible. You're singing your church songs, but all of the, all the time your heart's not right. The, your your heart isn't right with God. That's what he was saying to them. And then in Matthew chapter 23, verse 27, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, or you're like these washed tombs. And, and I remember as a kid, whitewashing something was real popular back then. My uncle, Alvy, would whitewash uh, the trunks of the trees in his yard up to about six foot high and they would mix up a flower base with water and some other stuff and I don't know what all and they would paint the trunks of those trees and that was called whitewashing and and he wouldn't use paint but he would mix up something at home and I believe it was a flower mixture and uh, and some of you older folks might remember uh, what it was but it was whitewash he said you're like the whitewashed tombs. You've, you've painted the outside of it, and you've made it look real, real pretty. 
but on the inside are dead men's bones. On the inside are dead bodies. He said, you're all prettied up on the outside, but on the inside, you're dead. We have a lot of people that come to our churches uh, uh, at t different times that on the inside, they're dead. Their heart's not right. The heart isn't where it ought to be. The, 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 the heart needs to be changed. And in order for this restoration process to take place in our lives, in order for us to have revitalization, our heart needs to be in tune with God. Our heart needs to be in tune with Jesus Christ. That not only must we make sure that our attitudes and our actions are pure before the Lord in this effort and what we're trying to go through, but we must also pray for each other to have that they would have the same heart. That when we come together as Christians and as a body of believers and as a church, that we would all be praying for each other to have the same heart. Now, I'm not saying that we need to agree on everything, but we need to, we need to agree to disagree on some things. That, that if, if, and we need to pray about some things. I've, I've brought up things in church before in board meetings and say, uh, you know, like in a deacon's meeting, for instance, and say, fellas, I believe God's wanting us to do this. And, and somebody would speak up and say, well, I don't agree with that. I don't think we need to be doing that. Uh, and it would be shot down. No consideration for the words that I would say that I believe that God's dealing with, with me about this no consideration about, well, let's pray about this and let's get our hearts together on this to work together uh, for God's glory on this, that, that we need to be praying for a right heart. We need to be praying that God would renew in us a right heart. Uh, are we willing to listen? Are we willing to stop for just a moment and consider what God might be saying to us or what God might be directing us to do and accomplish in our lives? Will we stop just for a moment and consider what God might be speaking to you about? Now, I don't know this, but this morning we had in church, and I'm just going to use this as an example. I wonder in our church service this morning, at Clintwood Baptist Church, when the invitation was given, was God dealing with somebody's heart? Was God dealing with somebody to make a move? Maybe to be saved, to rededicate their life to the Lord, to just come and pray about something, to uh, to get rid of something in their life, to, to something that God was telling them to do. And let me remind you, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, the Bible says to him it's sin. So if God's speaking to our heart and telling us to do something and telling us to accomplish something, 
if God's speaking to our hearts and we refuse what he's saying to us, our hearts aren't right. Our hearts aren't in tune with God. Our hearts aren't, it's not molded with God. And so as we look at this and when our hearts are right, and maybe the person beside of us or the person we're sitting beside of in church may not be where we are, may not be going through what we're going through, may not be experiencing what we're experiencing in our breakthrough or in our place of revitalization, in our new commitment or our new vitality or our quality of our Christian lives. We need to be better Christians. And the way we can be better Christians is to make sure our hearts are right. But in that process, that we need to remember to pray for others to bring them along with us. We don't want to go off and leave anybody. We don't want to leave anybody behind. We want to bring them along with us. We want to understand that we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. That, that they might be demonstrating something less than pure motives or pure attitudes in their relationship to God's work uh, in revitalization. We can't go back into our churches after God speaks to us and just get up and say, okay, we're changing things. It has to be a process. It has to be a praying other people along. It has to be understanding the, the situation within everybody's life and in everybody's heart. And so I wanted you to write down some things. Here's, here's seven things that I want you to pray for. Got your pencil on paper, uh, and I'll say them slowly. Uh, may comment on them uh, as well, but uh, the pencil and paper, you got it ready. Nod your head if you're ready. These are seven prayers before worship. And I think it would do us good to start practicing those seven prayers. First of all, the number one is, Lord, fix my heart upon Christ. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Lord, fix my heart upon Christ. And I'll give you a second to write it down. Fix my heart. May my heart beat with his heart. Now, I know I... I don't think God has a physical heart like I do. Jesus has one. And in his glorified body, I, I don't know if he's got a heart pumping blood through his veins. But we say this in a way that the seat of emotions, we say it's in the heart. Used to be the Old Testament saints believed it was in the kidneys. But now we talk about the heart, that we move our heart. Lord, fix my heart. 
upon you, upon Christ. Second one is, Lord, open my mind to your word. Lord, open my mind to your word. And I want you to begin to pray these things every day. The second one, Lord, open my mind to your word. You got that one? The third one, Lord, remind me of the gospel. The gospel story or the gospel message. The good news. The death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But Lord, remind me of the gospel. You got that one? Four. Lord, empty me of this world. And we can't be totally empty, I understand that, because we live in this world, but we are passing through here. Do not let the world consume you. And in fact, the Bible says that if we love the world, then the love of the Father is not in us. We can enjoy things in this life, but empty me of this world. In fact, let me put it this way. I pray, Lord, if there's anything in this world that I love more than you, take it away from me. Give it away from me. Get it away from me. Lord, empty me of this world. Number five, Lord, bless those who minister. You could say bless the preachers, bless, but bless those who minister. Teaching the word, uh, counseling with people, visiting nursing homes. Uh, I'm not talking just about pastors. I'm talking about people who minister to other people. Lord, bless those who minister. You got that one? Bless those who minister. The sixth one think it's very important as well. Lord, help me to encourage others. Lord, help me to encourage others. You don't know what the person sitting beside of you in church has gone through that week or that morning or what they may be facing when they go home. Lord, help me encourage others. You got that one? The last one. Lord, help me to respond in grace. Lord, help me to respond in grace. The way we respond to other people, the way we respond to situations, help me to respond with grace. And what grace is, is favor. God, help me to respond. Help me to understand 
the situation in people's lives or what they may be going through and being an encouragement. But Lord, help me to respond in grace. Now, I'd like to see us start praying those seven things on a daily basis. If you want to add to it, you can add to it. But if you want to just pray those seven simple phrases, write them down, put them up on the refrigerator door, wherever you want. Put them in your car, whatever you want, wherever you want, you do that. But I want to dismiss tonight in a word of prayer. We've had a wonderful number of people on here tonight. In fact, at one time, my iPad was showing 48 people on here at one time. Right now, there's 35, and that's a tremendous number, and I appreciate you so, so very much. I want to encourage you to invite people to come to church here every night at 8 o'clock until our 40 days of prayer is up. This is night number 7. Uh, 7 is the number of completion. I wanted to be able to say to all of us tonight, let's get our hearts right with God, make sure they're right with God, and our hearts right with each other our hearts right with each other. Robert said he started out with 57, now he's down to 35. And I appreciate all of those that tuned in. I would love to see us, not because of me, but because of what we're trying to accomplish here. I would love to see us running 100 or 200 people watching at any given time. Now when we go off here tonight, there'll be a larger number than that of people that have tuned in or clicked on or watched or listened for a few seconds, but there's 34 of you on here right now, and I appreciate you so much. Uh, let's get our hearts right with God. You say, preacher, I, I go to church. I don't care. Let's get our hearts right with God. The Pharisees were more religious than anybody out there, and their hearts were not right with God. Let's get our hearts right with God. And then let's get our hearts right with each other. May God use us. I want to dismiss with a word of prayer. If I could pray as I've been praying every night. Uh, let, me, let me pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I thank you for giving us this opportunity and putting a burden upon my heart and for all of these who are participating in this for our lives and our churches the opportunity for restoration and revitalization. I know this process will not be easy for us. It's not been easy to this point. It's not been easy for me, even. 
but I feel that this is something that we must do. As we stated the first night, our first day of prayer for revitalization, that we must feel the urgency in what we need. And we need you to bring new life into each one of us, a new purpose, a new feeling, and a new quality to our Christian life. I know it's going to be difficult. I know that there's going to be problems. I know that there's going to be naysayers. I know that there's going to be negative things. But God, with you, all things are possible. And as we stay faithful and as we do the best that we can to be faithful in doing this night after night, we're trusting you in, in your ever-present help in our lives. I need you every day, whether I realize it or not, I need you every moment of the day, that you are there with me through the Holy Spirit of God. You never leave me, you never forsake me, you're with me every step of the way, every breath I take, every word I speak, you're there with me. You'll help me through this. God, I'm asking you tonight, please cleanse my heart. And as the psalmist said, to search me and know my way, look into my heart and see if there be any wicked way there. I'm looking, I'm searching, I'm trying to examine my own life, but God you do that. You search me. You know me better than I do. And God, if there's something there that needs to go, tell me. Tell me. Please cleanse my heart and the heart of all of these that are watching tonight and sharing in this broadcast this evening. Cleanse us even our church members of, that might be negative, might, be, might not be on board, might, might take a while, but cleanse us from all of the evil, all of the conspiring, all of the uncooperative ideas and spirits that within us that, that might be against you doing your will within your church. God, we might have to change some things in our lives. We might have to change some things in our churches. But God, with your help and with your inspiration, it'll be possible. You alone, you alone can gain all of the glory and all of the praise. And your church can be reclaimed, revitalized, refurbished, new vitality, new quality within the services. It can be changed for your purpose and for your glory. And Father, I'm asking that you would do a work in every life and every heart right now. And God, as we think about 
those things that I shared with these people tonight. Lord, fix my heart upon Christ. May I turn my eyes toward Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. Lord, open my mind to your word. Teach me your word. And reveal in your word. Speak to me through your word. Lord, remind me of the gospel and what it's done in my life. What it's done in countless other people's lives. And what it can do in our neighbor's lives and in our family's life and others. Remind me of the power of the gospel and not to be ashamed of it because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Lord, empty me of these worldly cares. If there's something I'm holding on to that I shouldn't be holding on to, God help me to let go of it. Lord, bless those who minister. Bless those tonight who will teach, who will preach, who will witness, who will visit the sick, visit the nursing homes and the hospitals. And I know we're hindered by that right now because of COVID, but bless those, Lord, who will call somebody up and pray with them and, and minister to them over the telephone. God bless those. Lord, help me to encourage other people, to lift them up, to pick them up, to, to not kick them while they're down, but to understand what they might be going through, to understand the problems that they might be having and try to encourage them that it will get better. It can get better. God's grace is sufficient. For our need. And God help me. To respond in grace. To the people who might not. See eye to eye with me. The people who may not agree with me. To help me respond. In grace. Father I pray that you'll answer our prayer. I pray that you'll give us our heart's desire as our heart matches yours. May my heart beat with your heart. Father, I pray your blessings upon every one of these folks tonight, and I pray your blessings upon every church that's represented. And I pray and I'm expecting change in our lives. Father, we pray your blessings in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And amen. Amen.